Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on? Welcome to show two of the week. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. It's Poppin' Ricardo. What's up? Real excited, real excited to get this show to you today. Um, we're going to talk about some mid-round targets. Yeah, first mid-round target, Mac Jones. <laughs> I wish. More like... You would draft him if he was more fantasy relevant, wouldn't you? Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> if I don't like any defenses in the home league, I might just do it. But some idiot's going to draft him thinking that he's going to be a breakout quarterback or some, some nonsense. Probably. Being in, a, being in a, um, a home league with Patriots fans is real interesting. That's for sure. Um, but, we're yeah, we're going to talk about guys that you should be targeting in the middle of your drafts between rounds four, five, to rounds eight, nine. Um, before we do that, check out our website, fantasygymies.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have for us. Um, and without further ado, let's jump into the mid-round targets real quick. Let's, see that intro. Let's do it, bro. That, that intro was lightning. Good. I like it. Let's get to the to the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes, because that's what you guys want. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, I feel like you know later this week we're gonna do late round targets, which is always a fun show, and I think um, you know, last year there were guys that I was drafting later in rounds and 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 having a really really good like bench for the later rounds is just as crucial to your team is having good players to start last year in the home league. I drafted Marquise Brown and he had a great start to the season for the Ravens um, producing basically basically low end wide receiver one high end wide receiver two numbers in the early part of the season. And I was able to trade him away and get a good player back in return for him that helped me uh, later in the season. So Obviously, when we get to late-round targets, we'll get to that show. But mid-round targets are just as crucial, just as important. You're either finishing off your your uh, your starting lineup with your flexes, um, you know, adding a quarterback in the mid-rounds and maybe a tight end, or uh, you're just mm-hmm. building the beginning of your bench. Uh, mid-round guys are super important. Like, usually the first two rounds, those guys hit. Third and fourth round guys become more volatile, but as you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh, the eighth, and ninth round, those guys become extremely volatile, and not knowing who is good and who is bad is really uh, damaging to people because they start drafting just randos, and it doesn't work. So yeah. uh, we're gonna give you some guys. We had we actually wrote down nine guys that we like in the mid rounds, just that we really really like, and then we have near- some honorable mentions. Yeah, we have some honorable mentions that we'll throw in at the end. Uh, quickly, but we won't talk much about them. We'll just say their names. But um, so these five guys that we have here are guys that we are definitely targeting in the mid rounds. We'll start off with the number one guy and, and talk about him rather quickly because we've spent a lot of time on him in in the off season. If you want to check out um, some different shows, I believe he was on the bounce back show. Is that true? 
Uh, yeah, he I should be. So he should should have been on the bounce back player show. Um, so we've talked about him a, a numerous amount of times, but it is Allen Robinson of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, obviously, him going from we we waited for years uh, for Allen Robinson either to leave the death hole that is Chicago or get a quarterback that was good. So they found a quarterback, nice. but the coach sucked, and the quarterback was a rookie, and so now Allen Robinson has a really bad year. It looks like he sucks, um, and he did suck for the most part. But he's going to a football team now where he is a lot better. Um, he's in a lot better offense. He has a lot better of a quarterback, at least right now in their career, and a team that just won the Super Bowl. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for Allen Robinson. But what make Rick? What makes Allen Robinson a good mid round target? Um, the fact that he is going to be playing the Robert Woods role from last year, okay. except he probably is a better wide receiver than Robert Woods. He fits really well with Matt Stafford um, as he's kind of a big target down the field mm-hmm. guy. He complements Cooper Cup really well. Um, and he's on an offense that's probably top five in the league yeah, and um, is one of the best passing offenses in the league. So Robert Woods last year, people forget before he got hurt, was actually decent. He was a little disappointing because – you picked the wrong guy. You probably should have picked Cooper Cup. Yeah. You ended up with Robert Woods, and he wasn't doing as good as Cooper Cup, but he was mm-hmm. still a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. I believe he was even top 15. Um, so you're getting Al Robinson now to replace him, who, in my opinion, is, again, the better wide receiver, mm-hmm. a guy who has finished in the top 10 multiple times with worse quarterback play. Matt Stafford is easily the best quarterback he's ever played with. Mm-hmm. Um and on sleeper, he's what a fit late fifth, sixth round pick. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic value. I think on underdog, he's like a full two rounds higher. Uh, and ESPN, he's even later. I think he's like pick 70 on ESPN. Yeah. And Yahoo, I believe he's like a sixth round pick. So all these redraft platforms, um, he's like a fifth, sixth round pick. So you're getting a, uh, I think a mid to potentially high end, probably a high end wide receiver too. Yeah. In the fifth or sixth round, it lets you, you know, focus on other positions earlier. And you you, you feel really good with Allen Robinson as your wide receiver, too, on your team. Mm-hmm. And it lets you go running back, running back, receiver, running back, running back, running back, receiver, yeah. first four rounds. Or if you're the type of person that wants to get Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts or Travis Kelsey, whatever, yeah. it lets you do that um, and still have a really good wide receiver, too. Um, so Allen Robinson is probably number one on my list, probably number one on your list. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's the first guy we chose. Yeah. And I think, I think like, um, you know, in, in every in every uh, redraft league that I'm in, I've tried to, uh, at least in some way, shape or form, scoop up Allen Robinson at his ADP, because I, I honestly, if he did not have the year he had last year, mm-hmm. he would have, and he went to the Rams so like before this year, he went to the Rams and he didn't have this season that he had this year. He would have been probably like a second or third round pick. Um, probably. Yeah. At least the third. If you can, if you can snag this guy at his ADP and in the position that he is, like there is a really, really, really good chance that he has wide receiver one upside that he can finish as a top 12 guy. Um, And I know that a lot of people, people that you know a lot of people hesitate a little bit on that and they're like oh well you know i don't know if he can i don't know if he can do i'm like 100 percent can 
He could either do that or just be what he was with the Bears, and if that happens, I would be very, very surprised. Um, yeah. But Rick's right. He's going to play the Robert Woods role. He might even play a hybrid of of the Odell-Robert Woods role. Um, right. And I think he's going to get a good target share. I mean, we've seen this Rams offense with Jared Goff carry three wide receivers into, you know, top 15, top 20 status. Right. I forgot about that. That was wild. Yeah, it's and, but it's like you look up, you look at this team and it's like they have two guys. They have a better quarterback than they had. And like there, there's just no reason for you to not believe that this guy can't be a wide receiver one this year. Um, yeah. I think the, I think he's got a safe floor. Uh, which makes him really good too. So it's like he should be higher, and he's not. And it's really surprising to see that he's not higher. Um, but if I'm if I'm in the middle of the draft and and I've, you know, like Rick said, I've settled on a couple of different selections, and you know, I I've, I've gotten my running backs. I've gotten a, a good wide receiver one. Maybe you want to take that strat where you go quarterback or tight end early. Yeah, Allen Robinson being on the board is like a saving grace for a fantasy team because it's like, okay, I definitely have a solid wide receiver too on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, love Allen Robinson, mid-round target. Number two on the list that of a guys that we're targeting. We talked about this guy who was on the breakout show, so be sure to check that one out to get more detail on, on Jerry Judy. But it is Jerry Judy. Um, this guy is... He was a great player coming out of college, but he's kind of disappointed. He has disappointed. And I don't know. The real question is, you know, is it because Jerry Judy was on a football team that wasn't great, that was searching for a quarterback, or is it because Jerry Judy is not a good wide receiver? And I would have to say it's not the latter. Um, It's definitely because of quarterback play. He's definitely had some situations where he hasn't been great. Um, but I think he's still, he has talent. He's a good wide receiver and now adding Russell Wilson to that offense. Like we've said in the past, it makes the Denver Broncos in elite offense in the AFC. Um, definitely like top 14, top 12, maybe in the NFL in terms of offenses, Rick would probably go higher with that. Um, but with Jerry Judy being a part of that offense. And then you also get on the other side of it where Cortland Sutton, you know, I, I like both wide receivers, but Cortland Sutton is over the course of his whole career, been pretty injury prone. So you have a, all of these elements kind of mixed together and there's definitely a massive breakout uh, this year coming for Jerry Judy. And we've, we talked about that in the past, but what makes him a great mid round target? Well, we've talked before. First of all, um, I want to preference that I like both guys. If anyone's been I following me all offseason, I do like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But the reason I have Jerry Judy just slightly higher is because when they played together last year, Judy did have more targets. He had more work. He just was not good with it. And is that because he he's not a good receiver or because Teddy Bridgewater was his quarterback? I'm gonna. I'm, I would like to think it is because Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback, and he's getting a massive, massive quarterback upgrade with Russell Wilson. I think people are underrating Russell Wilson, and people forget how good he is when he's healthy and clicking mm-hmm. all cylinders. So you get him back, and Jerry Judy has that type of talent to really break out that year three wide yeah. receiver um, who's going to demand a very high target share. Remember, Tim Patrick is also out for the season who had 85 targets last year, so mm-hmm. he's gone. It's really just Sutton and Judy. 
Like those are guys that are going to get a majority of the targets. Yeah. KJ Hamler will get a couple. Um, and then Albert O is going to get a couple and that's it. I mean, it's going to be Sutton and Judy. It's going to be similar how the Seahawks played with Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Those guys got yeah. majority of the targets. So you're getting a guy who could break out in the fifth round. Um, so is it a little risky? I think it's probably yeah. more risky than Allen Robinson, he definitely but I has, think his ceiling is higher. He definitely has, like like with Allen Robinson, this is probably why he's first on both of our lists, but he he does, he has that, like I said, he has that floor where I think he's definitely going to provide you wide receiver two numbers. Like there's about a 95% chance of that happening where there's a chance that Jerry Judy is either a wide receiver one or his basement bottom floor where he drops out and has a really bad season would be like wide receiver in the thirties. So it's like that, that, yeah. that scares me a little bit for Jerry Judy, but it's a risk. And when you get into the middle rounds, like hopefully you've taken your, you know, surefire picks in the first, second, third, fourth rounds that you know for wide receiver are going to be good. And then you can snag Jerry Judy and be okay. Right. Especially with the breakout. But um, any more thoughts on Judy? Uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. We've talked about him all offseason. I, so. I know. As soon as Russell Wilson got traded, it, we just started right. on Judy. It wasn't even like, yep. oh, is Cortland Sutton good? It was the Judy train. It's like, wait, Cortland Sutton's out of the hospital for his numerous injuries? <laughs> Jerry Judy's still here. Judy um, did have a high ankle sprain last he year. He did have a high ankle sprain last year, so... But I de- like I said, definitely love Jerry Judy. Um, I'm trying to get him on as many fantasy teams as I can. Uh, number three is J.K. Dobbins. This one's a little bit lower for me. We wanted to get some running backs on this list because the middle rounds are typically a really great spot for wide receivers. Um, we had in our on our list of nine guys, we had I think seven receivers, six receivers. Mm. So. Um, but JK Dobbins is really interesting. And and I talked about last week or maybe the week before about the fourth round being kind of like a dead zone for running backs where you usually draft them and then they end up being dead weight and they're not great. And this year being a little bit different where you have running backs who are younger, who are going in that fourth round, fifth round range, um, that have a decent shot of producing, J.K. Dobbins dealing early season with an injury, a little bit of an injury, which is disconcerting. Um, and he might not play week one or, you know, so I, I don't know the, let me, let me pull up just to talk intelligently about his injury. He's still iffy about playing week one. Okay. That is the latest so, report. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I wanted to bring that up just to be like, okay, is there a chance that he doesn't play week two? <laughs> Cause we, we, might, right, right. we might end up in a bad <laughs> like, situation here. Um, but no, I, I think I think you know in my projections, I uh, Rick uh, caused me to tame myself slightly um, on on uh, J.K. Dobbins. But I have him right now projected at um, 202 carries and 26 catches, and that could easily be significantly more, especially considering if J.K. Dobbins plays Week One, there is no Gus Edwards, and the only two backs they have behind him are Tyler Batty and Justice Hill. So it's like Mike Davis, bro. Oh, they have Mike Davis. I forgot about him. Yeah. When did they get him? He's very. Um, he will be very easy to take over, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the moment J.K. Dobbins like, is helping, yeah, he's it, getting like. So it's like, but if all those, like Gus Edwards would be the one guy that I'd be like, okay, this guy's gonna steal work. 
Um, but like JK Dobbins is probably going to get more than 202 rush attempts, which is what I haven't projected at. Um, Mm -hmm. and with all of the numbers I just have here projecting him like a little bit more reserved, I have him at 185 fantasy points, which is basically an RB two. And so that kind of reminds me a little bit last year. Uh, if you didn't draft a second running back until the fourth, fifth or sixth round of a guy by the name of Damian Harris, who didn't really get a whole ton of pass catching work in half PPR leagues, but actually ended up being efficient enough to help a fantasy team win some games. So, um, and was a solid like second running back on your team, just giving you that base floor like production. Uh, so I like Dobbins from that perspective um, where I think he provides a really good floor. And then in the later rounds, he ends up being slightly better Um mm you know, then I like, I don't think he's just going to give you that floor and then it's going to be done. Like there's a good chance that he gets some more opportunity, you know, and breaks out and has a really, really good season. So, I mean, while that chance is really slim, uh, I think it's still there for Dobbin. So I think you get two good picks there where you get a player who gives you a good base floor and then a chance for a super duper breakout on the season. Um, it's less likely, like I said, to happen, but you still have that there. So it's a good selection in the mid rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's fallen this far is because people, you know, are scared about the injury. And I understand that. But when you're in the running back dead zone yeah. and you look at the running backs after him, I feel like Dobbins is the clear guy you would want. He's the last of the group that you're really comfortable, I think, as your RB2. Because when he's out there, people forget how good he was as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty much the backup running back. He was, like, splitting carries with Mark Ingram. I think as the season went on, he eventually took over. But he had nine touchdowns on just 134 carries at six yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Like That is ridiculous. Um, and he's not going to do that, obviously. But it just shows how good he is when he's on the, when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. And he's in a very run-heavy offense. And he's going to be the guy because Gus Edwards is going to be out minimum first four weeks, could be longer. Mike Davis, I don't think he's a good player. So it's really going to be Dobbins' backfield once he's ready. And he's not somebody who, you know, I think mm-hmm. you you draft expecting to be your RB1 by any means. Yeah. But you draft feeling really, really comfortable with him as your RB2, which I just don't think you get that in middle rounds yeah. very often, right. which is why we suggest you take two running backs in the first like four rounds generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're drafting past the fourth round, it's hard to find somebody you're really comfortable with starting at the running back position week yeah. to week, yep. but you can find that with J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, J.K. Dobbins, great mid-round target. Let's jump into the next guy, which is uh, A.J. Dillon. And this is not... I, I love to put him on the list because this is not a guy that we've shed a lot of light on this offseason. Um, I feel like we haven't really talked about A.J. Dillon at all. Um, and Very it's, it's It's weird that there are some guys you just don't end up talking about. But Dillon is an interesting player. Um he was drafted on the team, didn't really have a role year one. Last year, he kind of came onto the scene, um, and and a lot of people would say, oh, well, Aaron Jones was injured. He got a lot of opportunity when that happened. Well, that might be true at some points. Um, 
Jones. If you look at the splits in game between Aaron Jones and AJ AJ Dillon, they clearly love AJ Dillon. They want to get him the ball. They want this to be a split backfield. They want it to be a 50-50 split. If they run it 400 times, they want JK Dobbins, I mean uh, AJ Dillon to have 200 and Aaron Jones to have 200. Mm-hmm. Um and I and so I think as a late, you know, I mean as a mid-round selection, there's a lot of interesting situations with AJ Dillon. Um, I do think that he could hit that 200 carry threshold and then maybe add 15 to 20 target, uh, not targets, 15 to 20 catches to that total, which would put him somewhere in the vicinity of 220. And so if he does that, um, there's a, there's a good chance that he could be an RB two and be solid for your team. Um, I think where he's going, he would end up being, uh, possibly a bench selection, but if you're doing zero running back and you've taken a bunch of different players and you need a second running back, I don't think AJ Dillon is all that bad of a selection to begin with, um, to start, you know, week one. Uh, but I think where AJ Dillon provides a, an okay floor for you in terms of that RB two status, he also provides a large ceiling if, if Aaron Jones misses time. Right. And if Aaron Jones gets hurt, misses time, like AJ Dillon then ascends into a, like a super handcuff, like probably the best handcuff in fantasy football, but a a handcuff that you can start. So he's not really a handcuff. He's just a guy that would benefit uh, from. He's already fine fantasy. He's already fine fantasy asset without that. But uh, I'm interested to hear your opinion on AJ Dillon, Rick, and where he kind of falls on your list and, and what you're thinking. Yeah, I was really high on him um, a while ago, and now he's been kind of hyped up, but I still do like him. Um, Matt LaFleur quoted, uh, I think, a a couple days ago saying that A.J. Dillon is the 1A to Aaron Jones' 1A. So he's not even saying, like, they're 1A, 1B. Like, he's saying they're both ones. Um, The guy, there's been plenty of reports that say they both view them as the starting running back. Aaron Jones has said, or Aaron Rodgers has said that he thinks there's going to be more plays this year where they're both on the field at the same time Mm -hmm. because they're two of their best offensive weapons. So, like, they're both going to be heavily involved. AJ Dillon, as long as Aaron Jones is out there, though, Mm -hmm. that is capped off by Aaron Jones's play because of the receiving work. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be still good. I mean, like you said, he had, what, 189 carries last year with Aaron Jones being there for most of the season, 187 carries. So I think this year he's probably going to get about 200 carries. If Aaron Jones stays healthy, he's going to get more goal line work and he could arguably get more receiving work as well. Get like 50, 55 targets. So, and he was the RB 22 last year, 22, 23. So he was already technically a low end RB two last year. And that's about where he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted. I think is like the 24th, 25th running back off the board. Yeah. Um, and you're getting someone who has a much higher ceiling than that. Again, running backs at this point, the draft it's, they all have question marks, right? They all have question marks. So AJ Dillon though, you know, is going to be stable. You know, he on a week to week basis, he's going to get a lot of carries. He's got plays in a high power offense. Mm -hmm. Um, it, the only thing that is negative for him is the Aaron Jones stuff. That is it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, all right, and then the final guy we have, number five, is Jalen Hurts. Um, this is this guy's become one of my favorite uh, mid-round selections at the quarterback position. 
if you're not a pick last year, if you're, I know, um, if you're not drafting Trey Lance or, um, Justin Fields or some of the other running uh, quarterbacks that we've recommended, um, in past shows in the later rounds, um, Jalen Hurts is a good, one of those solid mid round quarterbacks that you can get, um, where you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're not paying for a Josh Allen or, um, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson at, you know, a third or fourth round value, you're getting him in the, in the sixth, you know, around the sixth round and getting a guy that probably will produce the same fantasy production as some of those wide receivers at the top. Last year, he was QB six, I believe on the season. Um, and the offense only improved. So if they're buck, if they're doubling down on Jalen hurts and he's the starting quarterback for all 17 games and that's who you get, um, I only think that Jalen Hurts is going to go up. So if you can get a top three, four quarterback in fantasy football at round six, seven value, I think that's great. And I don't think that there's a chance that Jalen Hurts doesn't do top five performance because last year, like, it, you know, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibilities. Like I'm, I'm telling you that last year he was, you know, QB 15 and now I'm telling you he's going to be QB three. Like he was QB six last year. And with the offensive improvements that will probably bump him up to QB, you know, from QB six to QB three, you know, or QB four. So mm-hmm. with that being the case, if he's a top three quarterback in fantasy football this year and you're drafting him in the sixth round, that's a great selection. Yeah. It's funny. Cause um, we always talk about how rushing is key for mm-hmm. quarterbacks. We love, quarterback second rush outside of Lamar Jalen Hurts was second in the NFL among quarterbacks in rushing yeah and then for this year it's probably gonna be the same thing maybe Trey Lance I think last year was on pace I believe for being second in the NFL among quarterbacks if he played the full season which he only played like three games so kind of hard to tell but I would assume mm-hmm. Trey Lance is gonna have more carries but outside of Trey Lance and Lamar Jackson Jalen Hurts is by far the third most rushing mm-hmm. um he gets a lot of rushing touchdowns and then, as you said, the offense has improved, so you would expect his pass, passing numbers to be much better. He only had 3,100 passing yards and 16 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Only He did miss two games, but still, 3,100 yards, 16 touchdowns is not good. But with A.J. Brown there and then potentially throwing the ball more this season, um, you would expect those numbers to increase by a decent amount. And if they do, and his rushing can stay just about the same, um, he's going to be a top-three fantasy quarterback in he could be a dark horse for like a league winner. It's like, why are you going to draft Josh Allen in the second, third round when you could get someone who's going to be close to production in the yeah. sixth round in Jalen Hurts? So if you're going to draft a quarterback in this range, um, I definitely would recommend Hurts. Um, Kyler's not too bad either, but like Joe Burrow or Hurts to me, I think Hurts is going to be a much, much yeah. better fantasy asset than Joe Burrow. Okay. Even though Joe Burrow is a much better real life quarterback, that's not how fantasy works. Nope. Uh, Jalen Hurts, great mid-round target. Uh, some other guys that you can apply to your list, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Penny. Um, mm-hmm. Those are also some guys that are decent mid-round, uh, mid-round targets. Do you have any thoughts on those guys? Uh, no, other than the fact that uh, me, you, and like two or three people in a home league are going to be fighting over all those guys in the middle now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so there you go mid-round targets for the 2022 fantasy football season uh we hope you enjoyed the show alan robinson jerry judy jk dobbins aj dillon and jalen hurts are the guys that you should be targeting 
Um, we have a mock draft, the final mock draft of 2022 tomorrow. So be sure to check it out. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.